Welcome to Mulder Was Right. We discuss conspiracy theories and alternative facts. My name is Curtis. What's everyone else's name? Well, my name is Sakiv. Joe. Brendan. Anderson. And Joe. It's pretty great. Nice to meet all of you. Nice to meet you for the first time. Yeah. You look pretty spiffy today. Are you going to educate us on some stuff? I'm going to educate you on Vril. What? Vril. Vril. Really? What is that? What does Vril sound like to you? That was my you? joke. <laughs> um, like krill. Like small sea life that yep. whales eat. Tiny sea life. Which reminds me of Krillin. He often dies. What about you, Skeef? I'm just Vrillin. I'm not sure what to think. Skeef is thoughtless. Vrillin like a villain. So Vril is kind of like ether. Is anyone familiar with the concept of ether? Sort of, yeah. Like yep. ghost space? That's the thing that I plug into my wall, and then I plug into my internet, and now I have internet, right? That's um, the thing in video no. games, right? No. That's sometimes related to magic. It is a thing that appears in Magic the Gathering. Uh, anyway. Well, I wasn't talking about the card game. I was talking about video games. Yeah. Ether is like a sort of ever-pervasive uh, energy. Energy. Um, throughout reality. Okay. So it's the Force. You could, you could say that the Force is similar to the concept of Ether or the is concept there, of real. Is there metachlorians in the Ether? No, because that's stupid. Good. Are there bad Jesus <laughs> I'm on, metaphors? I'm on, I'm on board with this already. <laughs> there are not bad Jesus metaphors. Fantastic. It's my favorite part of this conspiracy theory. I'm, I'm a big fan. <laughs> are there aliens involved? Or uh, other species or space travel? Yes. But Sweet, I'm on How board. does ether affect my life? Yes. Ether well, in my reality? What we're going to be discussing specifically is Vril. Okay. V-R-I-L. It's a term that first appeared in an 1871 novel by Edward bulwer Lytton called The Coming Race. This novel was later re- reprinted as Vril, The Power of the Coming Race. And this novel is ostensibly a work of fiction. Uh, the novel describes a race of subterranean beings called the Vril-Ya that resemble angels. Mole people. Mole people. It's definitely mole people. They are kind of like mole people. Mole angels. Um, mole angels, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the vril have great telepathic and other parapsychological abilities, such, such as... as such as... Do you know anything about this? you know? Yes. Do you want to continue? What am I going to say, What am I going to say? I was saying such as questions. Finish the sentence. Finish the sentence. Remember a couple episodes ago when you were like, guys, just let me finish. Guys, just let me finish. The tables have turned. Go on. Now is your time. Sorry, Curtis. Okay, I'll bite. I meant it as such as. Question. Such as... Being able to transmit information, get rid of pain, and put others to sleep. Uh, they are able to do this through the use of an all-permeating fluid called Vril. Vril is a latent source of energy that the Vrilya are able to master through training their will. This mastery gives them access to a controllable, extraordinary force. Mastering Vril gives one the mightiest agency over all types of matter, animate and inanimate. Vril can kill a man or heal a man. It can blast through solid rock. Using Vril, one can even animate machines and automatons. Oh. So Vril's like the wonder 
super superpower, super matter. It's it's a yeah, it's a it permeates everything. Okay. It is yep. it is like a part of existence. A this part literally of is just the force. Sign that me up. The Vril being, are tapping into. Okay. Sign me up for being able to control Vril. All right. Well, if you want to do that, um, Vril is manipulated through the use of a Vril staff. <laughs> so uh, you need one of those. I would love a Vril staff. That sounds awesome. They're it, sort of like you know. Is like it like a, a wizard staff or is it like a magic it's wand? Like, it's like a metal staff about the length of a staff. They could be varying lengths. Um, they have various specifications, like little notches and whatnot in them. Wounds. Uh, which allow them to have specific uses. For instance, some staves are more potent for destruction, while others are more potent for healing. I like this. I'm um, really on board with this right now. I like fantasy. I like right. fiction. <laughs> I like this particular fantasy. I like magic. Magic's cool. Yeah, and in this in this book, um, the narrator he he's going to visit his friend who uh, he's who's in, really into mining. He's a miner, I guess, and uh, he's like, "Hey, let's go into a mine." And immediately his friend dies because he's a shitty miner, I guess. And then the narrator's stuck underground and and it meets these subterra- subterranean peoples, um, and then learns about their culture. Uh, Eventually falls in love with a Vrilia girl. Ooh. As one would. And wow. then the Vrilia girl's father does not approve. Um, of course not. He's a commoner. Some other shit happens. Uh, I didn't read the book. Um, when he's a landwalker. When is this written? 1871. Okay. 1871. 1871. What is okay. the book title that you read? The book title that I read. I didn't read this book. Oh, okay. What's so the you you, I think you can ask you what's the book called. The book is called The Coming Race or uh-huh. Vril, The Power of the Coming Race. I'm digging it. And you could and you could also just call the book Vril. I think some people do. Cool. Um, I, th- I think this is probably what we're going to be referring to it the rest of this episode. Well, okay. We should make a distinction between Vril the, you know, Vril the, um, the, the, energy. Bil- the energy and Vril the book. We should have a distinction. All right. We'll say Vril the book. Vril the book. <laughs> is there a Vril the movie? Like I don't know no, if I can. I don't no know movie. if I can like put the commitment to oh, read man. like oh, all maybe two hundred bu- pages. I kind of want to buy the movie rights for this. Let's do it. You could. It'd be a really good like nineteen uh, sixties uh, like B sci fi movie. Uh huh. So a good movie then. Made in twenty seventeen. Journey to the Center of the Earth vibe. Yep. There's this great video game. Um, it's called Xenosaga. And it was uh, created on uh, it was uh, created on PlayStation Two. It's a three it's a three part g- well not three part but it's a trilogy. It was originally meant to be six games, but the uh, the video game is a combination of sci-fi and fantasy elements because it takes place like many many years in the future, um, and it like touches on themes of Nietzschean philosophy, and it also. Huge important concept. Well, a huge part of the game is the use of ether. I just okay. thought that'd be a fun fact. Okay, yeah. So that's like a thing that, like, yeah. just to say, like, there's something well, yeah, like the that term that ether is thrown around yeah. throughout yeah. fantasy. There's a fantasy sci-fi, sci-fi yeah, yeah. thing that exists that comes, yeah. you know, that but meshes, you know, ether into it. But anyway, go, go anyway, on. And, and many, many past cultures have believed in the concept of ether, and yeah. uh, this Vril is not, um, not so different from from that interpretation. Yep. Um, anyway, the novel uh, became actually quite popular in the late 19th century. Uh, the word vril even became associated with life-giving elixirs. So some guy's trying to peddle his elixirs to you. He called them vril. Um, it may sound close to the word viral, 
or virility. Uh, there's actually no etymological link there. Um, okay. Yeah, I was about but, to ask, actually, because they are very similar. Yeah, virility predates it quite a bit. I, I assumed so. Um, it's, I guess it's possible that... Um, that he could have came up yeah, with that could, from that. He could have been inspired by that, but I didn't see anything that said that he was. Um, there was even a Vrilya Bazaar held at the Royal Albert Hall in London uh, from March 5th through 7th in 1891. So this book was popular enough to have a, like, three-day, like... Festival. It had a con. It had had its own convention. Real con. Real con. <laughs> Did they cost? Real con. 1891. <laughs> Were you there? Be there or be a peasant. Dude, you weren't even at Vilcon. <laughs> My great grandfather was at Vilcon. <laughs> That's hard to say. We helped build this. Vilcon. <laughs> We should bring it back. Let's bring back Vrilcon. You're, you're right. That Vril is hard to say. Vrilcon? Vrilcon. Vrilcon. Why is that so a- hard to say? We just call it Aethercon. Vrilcon. Oh, that's so much better. A- Aethercon. Aethercon is a Aether. stronger name. Yeah. Um, what I do know about what the author, uh, Bulwer Lighton, um, how he developed his ideas about Vril, um, he was very preoccupied with occult natural forces that were widely discussed at the time, such as spiritualism or animal magnetism, which is also known as mesmerism. Uh, spiritualism is the belief that spirits of the dead have both the ability and the inclination to communicate with the living. Mm-hmm. So, like, ghosts can't talk to you, and they actually want, they will actually bother with talking to you. Uh, animal magnetism or mesmerism is a belief that an invisible natural force is possessed by all living things. Uh, Humans, animals, plants, anything that's alive has this sort of just like permeating aura. Yeah, the force. Kind of like, you could say it's like the force, the force capitalizes in on a lot of these ideas. I feel like this sounds kind of like chakras or something. Yeah, it's different than chakras. um, I mean, it's spirit, like chakras is a spiritual belief. Yep. Um, But this is... Uh, distinct from that okay. set of beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like that this was sort of um, like scientific minds were trying to look at this at the time. Um, it was, there was still a lot of question about the validity of this at all. And so um, even well-educated inv- individuals weren't sure what to think of animal magnetism or mesmerism um, I mean, there was even a belief uh, at some point in the 1800s, maybe before that even, um, uh, before people really knew how uh, sexual reproduction worked, before people understood how a sperm fertilizes an egg, mm-hmm. there was a belief that um, within you, you have your, a man has his sperm within him, and inside that sperm is another sperm, and inside that sperm, there's more sperm, and it just like... Nesting dolls down, and that's how <laughs> you procreate. And that an egg is not—that's how babies are born. A part of the and it, the egg is just like a t- container for that sperm to develop into a complete human being, and that is how they thought we reproduced. Which is a that's, that's heavily a man's way of thinking. That that's right. how yeah. we reproduce. Yeah. We're so important. <laughs> Take my importance. The woman Ooh. had nothing to do with it. 
You are yeah, the, the eggs a existed as as exactly just a vessel to to allow it to come to being. Yeah, um, that's, uh, that's really fucked up. It is kind of <laughs> fucked up, but that's people. You know, people didn't know, and so and there was even question of like what happens when it runs out. You know, when when we get to the end of the nesting doll, humanity ends, <laughs> and humanity ends. Um, there's actually a great short story by uh, Ted Chiang about that. Uh, same proposition. He's the guy who wrote the story. The movie Arrival was based on. Okay. Oh man, that was a good movie. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, anyway, so at the time, you know, uh, it's a period of enlightenment. There's a lot of scientific discoveries being made, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of question over which uh, specific things are going to pan out. Um, and so, Bulwer Lytton, the author, uh, himself described his inspiration for Vril like this. I did not mean Vril for mesmerism, but for electricity, developed into uses as yet only dimly guessed, and including wherever there may be, and, and including whatever there may be genuine in mesmerism, which I hold to be a mere branch current of the one great fluid pervading all nature. And so what he's trying to say is that with Rill, to some, to some extent he's trying to talk about mesmerism, he's trying to talk about animal magnetism, but mostly he's speculating towards the future uses of electricity. Um, and he's also saying that mesmerism and electricity may be one and the same, this one same permeating fluid. Um, and so in the 1800s, you know, electricity was still a very new thing. Uh, yep. And it was no one, again, no one knew how it was going to pan out. No one knew really where it was going to go um, or what it all entailed. Um, and so they came up with these theories, um, which to us sound really crazy, but... To them, they didn't have a lot to go off of. And so the concept of real kind of took off after this. And there were some people who, despite uh, Bulwer Lytton, like, ostensibly writing a, a work of fiction, writing a novel, uh, he never, I never read anything that said that he thought it was true. Um, to my understanding is that, you know, it was all speculative. Uh, there were still some like occultist philosophers who like bought into it as truth and as truth at the level of like literally there are like not just that vril exists but there are people that live underground and like like all the details <laughs> of the novel are true like they accepted it as like a non-fiction account like so, like like he right went down to this place. So right. He, his, his character fa- is him. His fans. He were fell in way love with the Vrilya. Yeah. His fans were way too hardcore for him. Right. And it's kind of interesting because I've never heard about this book uh, before, but um, it did receive you know a fair amount of popularity. Um, and even today, there are people who believe in the concept of Vril. Um, and so it's still around. I'm not surprised. People are yeah. people, people are stupid. Yeah, people are doing <laughs> stupid things. Um, oh man, they're just. Oh man, like can you imagine if your entire like one of your core beliefs was founded on like 18th century fan fiction? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, look! If like, I put my hands together, I can create this ball of energy staff, that comes. You need a staff. You need a staff. You can't use your hands. Come on! If I take this staff, if I take this staff, I can create energy Let's just from be, the ether yeah. called frill. Can y'all, can y'all just be Gandalf? Sounds yeah. great. 
Be amazing. Yeah, and, Who and, doesn't want to be a wizard? And these right? people do believe that electricity is uh, a form of real. Also, yeah, the, they... gover- the government is harnessing the real. Yep. To power cities. Do they put forks in the outlets so they can experience the tranquility of real? That's a good question. It was this um, exact thing. So we all know about Nikola Tesla, right? Oh, yeah, 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 my boy. Nikola Tesla, the, the, the amazing inventor. Uh, he had a lot to do with electricity. Um, yes, he, he, he invented real things. <laughs> invented real well, things. He also invented <laughs> he a death ray. <laughs> he so. also did a lot of stuff with sound. Yeah. Like and a pigeons. Lot. Yep. A lot of stuff he, with pigeons. He invented the radio. Yep. Um, uh, we all know, know of the Tesla coil. Yes. If you don't know what a Tesla coil is, look it up. It's just... Uh, uh, a sort of small tower that shoots electricity all over the place. It's awesome. It's pretty cool. Yep. You use videos on YouTube of them playing like the Super Mario theme and yep. stuff. Um, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, Sounds I've seen like, like uh, I think it was like ACDC's like Back in Black mm-hmm. on Tesla coils. On Tesla like, coils. See, I've amazing. seen the Mario one. It's really the that. highest form of music. It really, yeah, it really is. Yeah. That and bongos. Oh man, Tesla coil that bongos. And bongos. Yeah. <laughs> the fusion. Anyway. Tesla is quoted once as saying, my brain is only a receiver. In the universe, there is a core from which we obtain knowledge, strength, and inspiration. I have not penetrated into the secrets of this core, but I know that it exists. And people have interpreted this statement as as a sort of belief in Vril, or, you know, even if Tesla doesn't specifically name it Vril, but... um, into something he's referencing something similar to real obviously and the the idea itself is kind of interesting um we commonly think of thoughts as things that happen as as small interactions in our minds that coalesce into a greater thought um whereas this belief uh is almost like our brain is listening to the real and the real is the thoughts we are having so your internal monologue is just the Vril talking back. You're literally hearing like the white noise of the universe. Yeah, it's really specific. The then <laughs> it's very advanced. It's very complicated. Yep. It cares a lot about Warhammer. It knows a lot of what I like. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's like those click ads or the clickbait things for you, Anderson. Now you think about Warhammer. Yeah, yeah. It's the universe's clickbait where it's just like, hey. You thinking about that thing? I'm like, yeah, I am thinking about that thing. Oh, you're you know? right. <laughs> That's great. I love thinking about this thing. Um, one of the main uh, philosophers um, who actually uh, bought into the uh, to the real novel um, as truth was named uh, an Austrian philosopher named Ru- Rudolf Steiner. Um, he sort of echoed this sentiment of Tesla's, and he said. Thinking is no more and no less an organ of perception than the eye or ear. Just as the eye perceives colors and the ear sounds, so thinking perceives ideas. And this also ties into the idea of a collective consciousness, which Mm -hmm. is um, the the philosopher and uh, early psychologist Carl Jung um, sort of is famous for the collective unconscious, that we are all as people sort of linked by some in some way, whether evolutionarily or through some spiritual method, we are all linked in our subconsciouses. Um, Do these believers have, like, a name? Like, are they, like, Vrillists or there is Vrillians? A, there is a, a, a real group we will get to um, shortly. 
there are brilliance. Do of they us. still do Rilcon? Rilcon, <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm aware, does not happen. Not since '95. Um, it's Aethercon now. <laughs> but I d- there's not really um, a group today uh, that like, which is kind of interesting. Um, not one that I could find like a contemporary real society. Bummer. Yeah. Rilcon seems sweet. Yeah. yeah, we could make it again. <laughs> make Aethercon great again. <laughs> We'd have to read the book, probably. That's an important thing. I like want to read the book, though, now. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm curious. Will, all proceeds will go to charity to fight the sun. Yes, obviously. Mm-hmm. We will use the power of the universe to destroy the sun. Yes. Using Vril. Using yes. Vril. You become more powerful than they could ever imagine. Yes. So, one more thing about Tesla. Um, and I don't know how true this is. This is from a source, an unknown source on the internet. Hey, well, I'm always down for more weird stuff about Tesla, though. Yeah. So, so supposedly, just before Tesla died, he claimed to have completed a unified field theory. And so if you don't know what that is, think of um, in physics, there's this great um, problem of how to coalesce these two somewhat competing realms of like macro physics and quantum physics. And, and they don't really operate the same and um, no one can really fit them into one unified field of physics. Um, and so this is something that we have not even completed today. Um, so supposedly Tesla accomplished this before he died. The FBI before he died supposedly seized this theory which described how to use latent electromagnetic energy to warp space and bend light around an object, rendering it invisible. The same year that Tesla died is the year that the Philadelphia experiment took place. Yes. Wow. (laughs) Watch that episode. Listen to that episode. You guys have not checked that out yet. Yeah, you should check it out. Anderson had so much fun with that. Yeah. So did we. I mean, it was really crazy. I I did not realize that that was related to Tesla. Tangentially. This, this, this individual linked it, yeah, tangentially. Whether tangentially. it actually is or not is an entirely different discussion. So right. think about but this. What if Tesla is part of that boat? Oh, man, he's part of the demon <laughs> he's boat. He's part of the <laughs> demon, <laughs> part boat. Of the demon he's boat. He's captain of the demon a vessel. Yeah, yeah, no, he's yeah. A, we're he's all a boats. Small boat. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> all of the small boats fused into a larger boat. Right, see how it's all coming and together? And he now sails the ether And we make more, more episodes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised that a bunch of our conspiracies end up weirdly linking together. Yeah. Because most of them seem to. I mean, we all love boats. Boats Everybody are great. Loves boats. boats are great. Who doesn't want to be a pirate? <laughs> right? Fantastic. Yo-ho, yo-ho. Yeah, so the idea here home. is that... Um, Literally, uh, the government used real technology to bend light around the the boat that disappeared in the Philadelphia experiment. If you don't know it, a big boat disappeared or teleported or whatever. It was spooky. <laughs> if you want to learn more about that, just go listen to the episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that was freaky. Um, and and it, they did this using Vril, uh that they stole from Tesla. And Tesla did have, you know, in in the world of facts, did have a sad death. Um, he sort of, like, didn't have a lot of money when he died and di- wasn't getting a lot of recognition. And um, he just sort of died alone and, and not happy. Yeah, it was really unfortunate for somebody with a mind like that to end up just sort of uh, just 
no, no, no exciting mm. end. Just sort of quietly faded out. Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna get towards. Um, so I mentioned before there are people who believe literally in uh, the Vril fictional novel, The Coming Race. Um, this somehow through the ages has been um, transcribed this way. Millions of years ago, aliens called Sumi, S-U-M-I, came to Earth from the solar system of Aldebaran. Eventually, uh, they get to Earth. Everything's okay. It's fine. Eventually, there's a great deluge. And this is the great deluge, if you're not familiar with it, is sort of the flood in the Bible that Noah has to, like, build an ark and deal with. Um, he was already a boat, though. <laughs> he was all right. Well, <laughs> he, he had didn't to get need all to build other one. Non- Wait, so, so, so are only people boats? Animals aren't boats? It's a good question. All right. Anyway, <laughs> we'll follow up on that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they had to retreat underground due to this great flood, which seems like, like, oh, shit, a flood's happening, and, like, it seems like you would have to develop a plan for quite a while to retreat underground. Let's go under the flood. Right, like, I need to go <laughs> under the water. Also not a great idea. Um, <laughs> apparently, and some, like, hollow earth ideas are tied into this. Some aren't. Um, but they go to Antarctica. They retreat of course. through a hole there. Uh-huh. Near into, the Nazi base. Into the subterranean area. See, this before the Nazis. Which may be the hollow earth or may just be some caves. And this is where they live then for years and years and years. They developed. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they developed the Vril. Or they already had it. They're, Vril just. There's some like Ooh. ideas that seem to suggest Vril only exists in the subterranean world. Um, but most ideas is just that Vril is sort of the latent energy of the universe. Okay. During this time, was this when they became mole people? I guess so, because they went underground. I'm a mole man. Man, I just want to harness this energy and just be able to use it. You just want to become a superhero. I'm so excited. No, I want to. Yo, same. Not like superhero. Oh, yeah. No, I'd be a superhero if I could harness this shit. I would definitely not be. I would just make my life easier. The idea of being a fantasy role-playing hero would be awesome. And this is, I mean, this is part of why this theory is so, like, great and, and... populated itself because it sounds cool and you're like yeah i want there to be some fucking cool ass energy i can just tap into and do whatever i want with this is vastly more hopeful than most of our uh conspiracies yeah this conspiracy is mostly hopeful actually it's like fairly positive as conspiracies go there's not a lot of sadness here aside from tesla's death yeah which that's real life that doesn't count yeah that just happens (laughs) the real sadness doesn't count (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Only fake sadness. Only, Only fake, fake sadness. sadness. Tell that to your therapist. <laughs> See her Tuesday. Brendan's crying now. <laughs> Brendan's crying now. Uh, um, it's because you so continue died. about the magical mole people. So this brings me to the Nazis. Fantastic. Okay. Now All you're right. listening. Now, now, you ha- now we're you entering. My, first, you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. <laughs> 
<laughs> so now we're entering the real sadness part. <laughs> yeah, this is the real <laughs> actual the, sadness. It time. just couldn't be a happy little theory that we could all be nope. satisfied with. I you mean, have to go not gonna lie, when you brought up the book title of like the power of the coming race, I was like, <laughs> that's really close to language from a certain <laughs> other group of horrible people. Is this at all gonna be related? Is this gonna be like your last one where it was like, why is racism involved? Yeah, that in was this? that was very upsetting. <laughs> Uh, in researching so this good. topic, uh, in researching stuff about the Nazis, I did manage a couple times to accidentally find myself on some white supremacy websites. <laughs> I'd just be like, you're reading, on a list now, Curtis. I'd just be you are reading, definitely on a list. I'd be like, fuck. I'd be reading this forum, and people would be discussing the conspiracy, and I'd look up at the banner, and it'd be like, every month is White History Month. And I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Damn. Yeah, you're on a list now. You're yeah, on the bad side of the internet, yeah, Curtis. Not, not where I wanted to be. Um, he backed door through 4chan. <laughs> I didn't even. I went through the front door. I went through Google. <laughs> oh, it was no. unlocked. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you saved it as part of your bookmarks. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> Actually, I, I might did have you... just so that I could have sources for this. Yeah. Did you, <laughs> did, you, did you sign up for their newsletter? No. Did you start donating Though, to them? Honestly, that would probably like help our conspiracy podcast a whole lot if we signed up for like a... Nazi newsletter. <laughs> let's not do that, though. Yeah, let's not. I, I don't want to be on a list. Yeah, I don't want to be tracked down by Nazis. They will track you down. Yeah, I'm will. also in the worst position, considering I'm the only minority of us. Yo. Yeah. Okay, well, Hispanic. you're half a minority. Yeah. So, Joe can, and I, so I don't count. You can pass. Half. Yeah, but you pass. <laughs> you're na- you're, yeah, you're, I'm one of the good ones. I pass. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? You're, 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 yeah, you come off more white. Yeah. Um, there is such a thing as passing for white because racism is yeah. like racists don't actually check your background. No, history. They, don't. they just look at you and then judge you. So like, yep. cause yeah. they're assholes. <laughs> I got but yeah, please life. get back yeah. to Unfortunately, the Nazis. You can't pass. Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sikif. It's okay. But you're it's a beautiful a, individual and I wouldn't change anything about you. Yes. Thank it's you a terrible this. thing that these people exist. Yeah. So we should continue to fight that fight. Thanks friends. And accidentally wind up on their websites <laughs> and then <laughs> and then troll the crap out of them anyway um an important figure maria orsic we're gonna be learning a little bit about her she is related to the nazis is that right we're, uh we're there we're, we're getting there okay we're st- maria orsic was born october Most thir- people are. october <laughs> 31st 1895 nice in zagreb croatia okay in 1919 so we're skipping ahead. You know, she had her childhood. She had to fucking grow up. It was the Great War. <laughs> there was the Great War. In 1919, she moved to Munich, Germany, to be with her fiance. Nice. Fun. Okay. Why are you looking at me like that? Okay. Okay. <laughs> because you're talking. <laughs> there, she was in contact with the Thule Society. I don't oh, know if that's no. really how it's pronounced. It's I think it is, yeah. T H U L E. I believe that's the, the Thule, Thule Society. Yeah. Thule what is society. the Thule Society? The Thule, Thule Society was a German occultist group. Founded soon after World War I, which had very close ties with the National Socialist German Workers' Party. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, no, um, I want to say... That's just a normal-sounding party. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. The Nazis. I want to say, isn't a, it's a different conspiracy about like all of the top SS brass uh-huh. being members, and they're all like occultists? Yeah, there's a lot on Nazi occultism. Oh, yeah. That's pretty interesting. It, it, we could probably do our, a whole episode just on that, and I probably will do You that. probably should. <laughs> and this would, um, you would probably go into this a little bit if you did. Um, 
So supposedly, uh, the Thule Society was named after a mythical northern country in Greek legend that I guess was named Thule. Thule. Yeah. Um, the, the actual society name is like Thule, some long German word, because <laughs> yeah. they were German. Um, this is translated, so sorry for not speaking German. Uh, well, then learn. After Orsic got in contact with the Thule Society, she formed sort of an inner circle of the Thule Society called the Vril Society. Oh. Oh, no. Hmm. The Vril Society was made up of young women who were similar to Orsic. They were young. They were, they are, everywhere I hear them described, everyone describes them as very beautiful. Uh, they were mediums and psychics. <laughs> young, hot psychics near that you. Is kind of <laughs> <laughs> and like every YouTube video I watched about uh, the Vril Society just like has like, Naked silhouettes of women just permeating everything. Yeah, that's how, that's how they get your attention. Yeah. So why our society? It's, at some points researching this, it was hard to tell which parts were like the conspiracy and which parts were some just horny guy then one day. Then just like decided to do some drawing. So you, <laughs> you bookmarked white supremacy stuff and you were watching porn yeah, sick. So did a lot of research. Productive work on this one. <laughs> um, a notable thing about the the women of the Vril Society, and sometimes the Vril Society is just called like um, the Vril Women or uh, the Vril Damen, uh, the German word for women. Um, is this mine? Vril Wamen. Yeah. Or the the Frauen. Frau. Yeah, Frauen. The Frauen. Uh, they wore their hair very long. They had very long hair, um, in in long ponytails, which was. Um, very counter to the style of the time. Uh, female hairstyles were sort of shorter at that time was, was the style. Um, and right. they wore their hair super long. Like, down, like, it would seem very long even by today's standards. It was like past their butts. Like, like picture a Pentecostal um, woman. I was about to ask you. Like, you mean like way past their Yeah, waist. way past their, their rear ends. So they had majestic hair and they were gorgeous mm -hmm. and they all just hung out together. And they were German. And they were German. Your type of women. I'm super interested I, now. <laughs> I also, like, a lot of doing research on this, all the YouTube comments would be like, I love Maria Orsic. I hope she's my girlfriend one day. <laughs> like, <laughs> even, even though, like, you know, this was, yeah. what, the early 1900s? Yeah. You know, You're a little late, dude. <laughs> I, mean, I, I hope she is, too. Uh, I hope she's doing okay. How many of these people do you think are into uh, to a necromancy? Let's not talk about it's that. A, it's a good <laughs> question. You should do your own research there. He already has <laughs> enough going against him. <laughs> um, the reason for their long hair. They believed their long hair acted as a sort of cosmic... I, I wrote down here, comic. That's not true. A cosmic <laughs> antenna. I mean, it's pretty funny. <laughs> to help receive... Um, to help interact with the Vril and to receive alien communications and to do their whole psychic thing. They needed to have their long hair to, be act, to act as antennas. Okay. Math checks out. Antennas that point to the ground. Yes. Well, that's where the Vril that, is. That's, that, where, that's the where the Vril mole angels are. <laughs> um, they taught and practiced concentration and meditation exercises des designed to awaken and cultivate the powers of Vril that lie within all human beings. 
Supposedly, they could levitate and produce ectoplasm. Dude, that's awesome. They're witches. And so if you've ever seen, like, uh, what's that movie, A Haunting in Connecticut? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That kid's, like, producing Blah. that bubbly, weird yeah. stuff. That's ectoplasm. Ectoplasm is also commonly known as, like, ghost juice. Or yes. Sort of, like, <laughs> what, what, what ghosts are made of is like, ectoplasm. So, yeah, it's what they leave behind. It's yeah. like Danny Phantom. Yeah. So, like, this is literally just a Germanic, like, witch coven, basically. Kind of. Yeah. Cool. Brujas. Um, and they were sometimes uh, described as witches. And um, yeah. they why. were criticized because some of their um, like moments when they would you know, be possessed, supposedly, or be having a vision and they'd be convulsing. And um, some sources described it as they were almost uh, having like orgasmic convulsions. And so this... Um, Turned some some more conservative people off, or maybe turned them on, and that made them uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and they, so they were complained. like, "This, this is not, this is not the way it should be." So uh, I am now distressed. Now, <laughs> I stopped dancing. No, he was getting possessed. Skeef is always possessed. I just felt like dancing. Skeef, can you do moment. your best possession impression for me, real quick? I don't think I can. Would you? Well, you can. It just might mean it just might not be very good. Nobody would be able to see. Ooh, me! I'm no, keeping like, up as us right now. <laughs> that was really good. Oh, thanks. Oh, 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 I'm, I'm sure that's dying of oxygen. That is the sound of Sakif having an orgasm. <laughs> um, something interesting to mention. Uh, one source noted that uh, vr- another name for Vril is actually Orgone, O-R-O-G-O-N-E. Um, and he linked Orgone as having an etymol- etymological root to the word orgasm. Huh. Fun. And so um, that you could also, that's another connection you can make to the word viral yeah, yeah as yeah. well, if we're going to make etymological connections. Um, and why wouldn't we? I mean, this basically all just boils down to like, they're all trying to tap into the power of the weird life juice that permeates everything. Yeah. And, and a wouldn't lot of you, <laughs> wouldn't right? you try? Just imagine that. Maybe you if could you knew how that to I mean, keep yourself alive. What? Maybe you could use that to keep yourself alive. Why would I want to do that? Like the tale Why of would Dark you Plagueis? not want to do Like that? the tale of Dark Plagueis. What's Why that? would you not like want to Like the tale forever. of Dark Plagueis. I know. It's not a tale that they would tell you as a Jedi. Anderson, why would you not want to prolong your existence? Have you be, seen but this a world, Zakeef? What? <laughs> One and done. <laughs> It'd be but a half-life, a cursed life. <laughs> Hit it and quit it. With Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're like 80 and about on your deathbed and they're like okay you want to put your brain in the jar yeah, in a jar that. we can do that now we can do the Futurama thing now where your head's just in a floating thing and you're like nah, no no nah, dog, I'm, I'm good pass. Pass. <laughs> I've but seen it we can put you on the shelf next to Nixon <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no thanks I'm good just please launch me into the sun as my final defiance <laughs> as your fist forward yeah <laughs> oh, that'd be just great just 80 year old Anderson like weakened <laughs> people <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> just like I'm in a small capsule on the tip of a very large nuke, just being <laughs> launched into the sun. And I'm just like, yeah. How would that work? How would a nuke being launched into the sun work? It would work exactly like launching a nuke at anything else. Well, no, if comics have taught me anything, what's that? What? If comics have taught me anything, the sun would just destroy the nuke. Nothing would happen. Oh yeah, no, no repercussions yeah. at no, all. Nothing would happen, but it would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really I, I actually think that would be pretty safe. 
It'd be the sun's yeah. real fucking big, yeah, like, and hot. Oh man, y'all the ever see? Uh, I want to say the movie was called so like Sunshine heat. or something, where they had the they had to jumpstart the sun with nukes. Oh yeah, I heard. Yeah. I what? used to think that was a bad movie, then someone told me it was a good movie. Oh man, I've uh, never I seen saw, it. It was it was. <laughs> weird. I've never seen it either. It was weird, but honestly, I think it was an enjoyable movie. It was strange, but like, you know, it's not a stereotypical blockbuster. But it was interesting. Okay, so. I'm down for it. Let's watch it sometime. Yeah, Sunshine. Um, everyone it. else, do that too, I guess. Do it. Do what you want or not. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's your it, choice. It, it's your life. <laughs> yeah, free will. Or do you? No, they do. For the most part. So, um, I talked about uh, the real women could uh, levitate and produce ectoplasm. Ectoplasm yep. was, as well as being ghost juice, um, <laughs> it was also thought to be a form of real energy, sort of like a physical manifestation of okay. real energy. So, real has made it into pop culture nowadays. With ectoplasm? With, yeah, with the ectoplasm. Okay. Well, ectoplasm and ether. I mean, and ether. ether is already in pop culture. Yeah, you could say. I mean, ether is a more common name for it. Uh, Vril specifically sort of refers to everything I'm going over, um, and not a whole lot more That's that fair. I could find. It's a little more specific of a term. Yeah. Um, so in 1919, uh, sort of the same year that Maria Orsic moved to... Um, Munich, Munich and started getting all of this whole deal started. Um, her, uh, I think one or two of her like uh, real, you know, sisters, other real women, <laughs> other members of her coven, right? Yeah. The um, witches, yes. And then some high-ish level Nazis went to this cabin, and oh, there no. cabin Maria in the woods. <laughs> had a vision, what she called a transmission of information. Uh, and, and this is like one of those convulsive episodes. Um, and she she was transcribing things. She was writing vigorously um, on all these pages of information. And she came to, she didn't know the information that she had written down. And it was in, there were two languages. One was completely unknown. They couldn't figure it out. Another one turned out to be ancient Sumerian. Um, that Ooh, conveniently weird. someone there could decipher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, before the internet, you needed hobbies to keep you busy. And, like, if you're just like, what are you going to do with your life? I don't know. I guess I'll just, like, read Ancient Sumerian. I'm going to board. So. <laughs> you know, I actually read it's about this in Hellboy. In Hellboy, oh, yeah. It's a, th- it's a thing that happened. Oh, what? that's sweet. Yeah. Word. Okay. Um, I also think some, I don't know because I haven't seen it, but I think some of the second Iron Sky movie goes into this has that come out yet i have I don't not, know i don't think it's out yet but i really hope so but there was some talk on youtube comments threads about nice um iron sky we should watch that when it comes out yep great okay. um so turned out to be ancient sumerian when translated it they realized it was from another solar system the solar system aldebaran the same solar system the sumi came from oh <gasps> Oh, man, the fan fiction's getting really real. <laughs> um, is there a connection between Sumi and Sumerian? It's, it's possible. Um, I don't know. Um, there was... Um, I don't know specifics about this. There was uh, some intimation that um, ancient Sumerians and ancient Babylonians had contact with these people. Um, Sort of along the same ideas as, you know, the idea of aliens came to Earth and contacted ancient civilizations. Um, the ancient astronaut Right, and stuff, people yeah. believe this is how the pyramids were built and yada, yada, yada. Um, uh, and so that's, that's how um, the Sumi, they just knew, they were like, this is the Earth language we know, Sumerian, and we'll give it to them. 
Um, anyway, when they translated the Sumerian, not only did they figure out it was from another solar system, they realized it turned out to be technical data for the construction of circular flying machines powered Ooh, by oh real man. energy. <laughs> this, okay. Yeah. So this ties back to two of my other episodes. This is fantastic. Yes. I also feel like this oh touches man. a bit on Roswell. Oh, it feels very convenient. I, I, I was actually, so when I was researching this, this, I was worried that I would step too much on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Because, yeah, this, this is literally perfect. is like secret Nazi UFOs. Check. <laughs> uh, let's see. Like the Philadelphia experiment. The Philadelphia experiment. Yep. yep. And uh, even the uh, the most recent one about the space fleet. Like, because mm-hmm. they supposedly got the space tech from the Nazi right. craft. And you could order, uh, you, you were talking about in that episode, um, they have sort of this anti-gravity engines from yeah, sort of yeah, non-traditional yeah. engine. Yeah, it's not like propulsion as we would know it. Right. And this is how these Nazi UFOs functioned. They ran off of Vril. They had Vril engines. And so essentially it was free energy because it was not like we had to put gas in them. They were just tapping into the latent Vril around them. And so they could just fly around as they pleased. This kind of reminds me of Roswell because, you know, yeah. the whole, like, UFO with the purple glow. Yep, yep. yep. Like, that's just, like... And it was this. It was supposedly the same hovery thing as the Nazis had, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like... Also, that... you said free energy. That links back to another episode we had just done uh, last week about the dude hacking into... Yeah, he was looking for free energy mm-hmm. uh, generators yep. when he discovered that we have a space fleet, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it all comes together. Oh, We're man. hitting the right strings here on Mulder Was Right. Yeah, we are. Connecting those little Connecting red strings. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't uh, tuned into these other episodes... Now's probably a good time yeah, that's after, right. to go after this episode. It's pretty irresponsible episode. of you to not listen to every previous episode and skip forward. Right? Preposterous. And here's where Brendan tells you to do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah do whatever you want. But don't listen to him. So, uh, or back to the Nazi UFOs. Right. And so, apparently, the Sumi, the aliens from the Aldebaran system, had altruistic goals here. They wanted to give the human race free energy. Um, and they wanted all of this to sort of be shared. Um, and this way, there would be no more wars. We wouldn't have to fight over resources. We'd have free energy. Dude, that's uh, awesome. Oh, we'd find a way. <laughs> we'd find we a way. We love war. We would definitely <laughs> find a way. so stupid. It's like, come on, guys. And this We're getting free stuff that we can share amongst ourselves that'll keep, that'll prolong our inevitable, exi- the inevitable end of our existence. Nope. Better we- plan. I kill you, and I take yours, and then I have two of them. That's people I logic. Have two infinite energies. <laughs> you know, you know that people equals? logic. You know what? Infinite. Infinity plus affinity is still infinity. Is more. Plus um, yes, and apparently the Vril Society agreed with these altruistic goals, um, and that sort of insinuates that they were like had higher moral standards than the Nazis. However, they still <laughs> stayed with the Nazis pretty much all the way through. It's not hard they're to have higher moral standards worry. than the Nazis. Right, but no, you no, would no. think, like, why, them. why didn't they, they break apart? Um, what if they were worried about getting killed for leaving? Well, there's... what That's like, some a, high, sources, it's like a highly advanced society, I feel like, being can, killed by, um, by humans. Well, is, like, the, the real society was just, you know, these, these psychic the ladies who... Um, you know, they weren't the aliens themselves, and so they were speaking to the aliens, but they were maybe still possibly vulnerable. I guess that's a point you could make. Um, some sources uh, seem to suggest that um, the Vril Society actually um, 
both using their connection to the Vril and also by just being pretty ladies, um, sort of manipulated um, some high Nazi officials into uh, creating these UFOs. Um, and I don't have actual numbers. I think some of the numbers were competing um, on how many got created, but there, it was a suggestion. It was suggested that there was certainly a non-zero number of Nazi UFOs that existed. Did uh, did it specify whether they were interacting with just high-level like Nazi officers, or were they working with the SS, who has they, all those occult everything conspiracies? Everything goes through the Thule Society, sort okay, of, um, okay, which links to the higher Nazis from there. Um, anyway, so we're going to skip ahead to March 11th, 1945. So now we're nearing the end of World War II. Um, Maria Orsic sends an internal document to the members of the rest of the Vril Society that stated simply, no one is staying here. After that, Orsic and the rest of the Vril Society disappeared. What? So they're gone. They're never heard from again. Really? They're underground. Or they went into space. They joined the Vril. They joined. They ascended. Some speculate that they escaped to a planet in the Aldebaran system using their flying saucers. Some speculate they took Hitler with them. Oh, man. Seems like a, it a seems decent like, guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> know, it seems like they... Take the guy like, who tried to kill... The, who did kill millions of from, people. From what you've said, they're, like, pretty chill people. They're a little weird, but, like, I feel like they would not just be like, hey, what's up, Adolf? You want right. to get out of this here? This is the part that I'm also confused about. Like, because people are like, they were real chill, and then they were like, yeah, they I took Hitler like with them. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> that's the white supremacist like thread. Yeah, there coming you go. in. There <laughs> it is. They're like, yeah, they were real good people. Don't worry about it. They hung out with Hitler. They, <laughs> they saved him. Yeah, um, heroes. Some speculate uh, they escaped to the inner Earth. Um, one source listed off all of these options said like they might have escaped to space they might have gone inside but actually they did all of it which doesn't make sense because that's two opposite things <laughs> they went like, inside <laughs> to get outside no, there's obviously a splinter group between them where some went inside yeah. others or, went out or they've got portals they just crossed they sure. just crossed between maybe portals. they went through well, the Zikib, um, Zikib, we can't just add things in that people said no we can make up stuff <laughs> we can't no, we just can make, make up stuff, stuff. I mean on. if they're going into the earth and then in space they might just have a portal um, that takes like them between, it's, it's, uh, between different... It's non-specific uh, exactly how they did it. Um, the All that's said is that um, they used the Vril technologies that the Sumi gave them in these spacecraft. Um, they could have used portals. They had some sort of interstellar drive. Um, and some say that they left through the Nazi base in Antarctica. I was just about to say, like, because... Like two of the theories by the Nazi base was that it either led to the Hollow Earth mm-hmm. or that it had a portal to another dimension, which could have been that other planet. Right See, now, we're bringing portals. Now, they might have went through portals. We, we were getting there. Yeah. All so, right. so you're not wrong. Um, one last thing about Marie Orsic. There's this picture that's floating around on the internet uh, that I cannot find a source to. It's just a picture of a woman and named Sully. And this is the name that's been attached to this picture of this woman. Can you, can you say that name again? Sully. S-U-L-L-Y. Okay. That's what I thought. And it's the monster from Monsters, Inc. It's not. Oh, it's bummer. a picture of a beautiful young woman. They both have long hair. <laughs> a beautiful young woman. Who doesn't have that long hair but has kind of long hair? Um, 
and it's a somewhat contemporary picture. Could have been taken in like the eighties. Could have take, been taken in like the nineties. Um, it's not like in the two thousands, but um, it's it's not from the nineteen forties. It looks exactly like pictures of Maria Maria Orsic. And like to the extent where like you can take the picture and just like move it over onto the face of Maria Orsic, and it's like the exact same. And so some believe that this Sully is Maria Orsic, having come back to the Earth, the same age for one of two reasons. One reason is that Maria Orsic is suspected to be taken to have been taken into the inner Earth as a child, and to have been directly exposed to the raw vril there. And that has made her immortal. And time does not exist within the Earth. <laughs> and another theory is that um, we're all familiar with the idea that um, interstellar travel... Uh, slows down. Yeah, it sort of slows down time yeah. for you. And so she could have gone off, um, and 50 years could have passed here while not even a year has passed for her. Yeah. And so she's left and come back. Yeah, because time, sort of time, time gets really weird once you leave a mm -hmm. planet. It gets real strange when you get out there. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But there's even suggestions that between the years 1919, when she started her real society, and the years 1945, when she disappeared, um, in 1945, she should be 50, right? Yeah. Because she was born yeah, yeah. in 1895. Um, they, they claim she still looked like a young girl. Huh. She was. She got that. Got that Vril power. Yeah. So is or it maybe coincidence? It's <laughs> maybe she's is born it with it. Maybe it's Vril. <laughs> <laughs> so is it coincidence? Like, did somebody just become? Did somebody was someone just born who happened to look like her so perfectly? Obviously, she or, used her powers to yeah, did she, possess someone, and then they became her. Obviously. Yeah, that that could also be something. <laughs> Pretty yeah, obvious. That's one way. It's to pretty go. clear. Duh. <laughs> and um, again, it's unclear. I, it's hard to find pictures of her. She doesn't even have a Wikipedia article, um, Marie Orsic, which is kind of interesting to think about. Like I've found all this information about her from other sources, but it hasn't warranted a Wikipedia article, um, which might suggest. Well, you could you could write that. Wikipedia I could write article. a Wikipedia make one. article, but why would I do that? I mean, you could. Awkward <laughs> silence. I'm saying you could. You're pretty smart guy. You could do it. You know, um, you, or not. You know, do whatever you want. Some. There is a book called The Morning of the Magicians. It's a book written in 1960 by uh, two French guys whose names I can't really pronounce. Uh, Louis Pawels and Pepe. Jack Bergier. Mario and Luigi. Okay. Mario and Luigi. <laughs> um, Those are Italian. Yeah, and, Pepe and, Pepe. and I believe <laughs> this is, I couldn't find a copy of this on the internet to read, but I believe this is the primary source for a lot of uh, the Vril Society. Um, is, the Vril is, Society's existence is, at all and Maria Orsic's existence. the Vril like fan fiction, basically? Sort of. Um, they, were, uh, they were just writing sort of a book about a bunch of cool shit they thought up. Um, it's, it's unclear. Even, even when they talk about the book, it's unclear um, how literal they were trying to be, um, if they were trying to talk about truths or if they were just trying to fuck around. Um, there's, I don't have the quote here, but there's a quote where they're literally like, we're going to be a little silly in writing this book. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and then everyone takes it as ironclad fact. Um, yeah. And um, so 
the whole source for the entire Maria Orsic story, um, you know, it's not set in stone. Um, and so even it's hard for me to find consistent pictures of her. There is like, there are consistent images of her, but not consistent images of her aging. Okay. <laughs> and so that's just something okay. to take into account with uh -huh. all of this. Of um, course. And so, of course. I did not see that coming. Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> I got it. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I do try. That was a pun. Hey, you made a fun. I did. I have Master done. Master Bass made a funny. Um, I have done a comedy. Master Bass. Um, there's. <laughs> um, uh huh. One more cool thing I want to talk about. It's kind of a tangential from this. We're going to jump to 5 10 p.m. On the 26th of November, 1977. Oh, man, is this the file that that guy was after in the Captain America movie? <laughs> 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 Kept asking about it. <laughs> there was an interruption of a television, television station in the United Kingdom. A voice, which was disguised and accompanied by a deep buzzing, broke into the, local, into the broadcast of the local ITV station, Southern Television, overriding the early evening news being read by Andrew Gardner. The interruption took over the sound only, leaving the video signal unaltered, aside from some picture distortion. The speaker interrupted transmissions for six minutes and claimed to be named Vrillin, a representative of an intergalactic association. The interruption ceased shortly after the statement had been delivered, transmission to returning to normal shortly before the end of a Looney Tunes cartoon. And later in the evening, Southern Television apologized for what it described as a breakthrough in sound for some viewers. Can you imagine just watching Looney Tunes and then the sound cuts out and then it's like, I am an extra dimensional alien who wishes to contact you from beyond. Yeah, Chuck Jones knew what was up. I just wanted to watch Looney Tunes. <laughs> Get out of my TV. Get out of my TV. And so I'm going to read this message to you. Yes, I am, I am very intrigued. Do it. Um, I could play the audio. It is a little spotty. You wouldn't be able to hear all of it. You could get through all of it if you listen to it over and over and over again. This is a transcribing of the entire thing. Got it. Are you going to do a silly Martian voice or something? This is the voice of Vrillin. Okay. A representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command speaking to you. For many years you have seen us as lights in the skies. We speak to you now in peace and wisdom as we have done to your brothers and sisters all over this, your planet Earth. We come to warn you of the destiny of your race and your world so that you may communicate to your fellow beings the course you must take to avoid the disaster which threatens your world and the beings on our worlds around you. This is an order that you may share in the Great Awakening as the planet passes into the new age of Aquarius. The new age can be a time of great peace and evolution for your race, but only if your rulers are made aware of the evil forces that can overshadow their judgments. Be still now and listen, for your chance may not come again. All your weapons of evil must be removed. The time for conflict is now past, and the race of which you are a part may proceed to the higher stages of its evolution if you show yourselves worthy to do this. 
You have but a short time to learn to live together in peace and goodwill. Small groups all over the planet are learning this and exist to pass on the light of the dawning new age to you all. You are free to accept or reject their teachings, but only those who learn to live in peace will pass to the higher realms of spiritual evolution. Hear now the voice of Vrillin, a representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command speaking to you. Be aware also that there are many false prophets and guides operating in your world. They will suck your energy from you, the energy you call money, and will put it to evil ends and give you worthless dross in return. Your inner divine self will protect you from this. You must learn to be sensitive to the voice within that can tell you what is truth and what is confusion, chaos, and untruth. Learn to listen to the voice of truth which is within you and you will lead yourselves onto the path of evolution. This is our message to our dear friends. We have watched you growing for many years as you too have watched our lights in your skies. You know now that we are here and that there are more beings on and around your earth than your scientists admit. We are deeply concerned about you and your path towards the light and we'll do all we can to help you. Have no fear. Seek only to know yourselves and live in harmony with the ways of your planet Earth. We of the Ashtar Galactic Command thank you for your attention. We are now leaving your plane of existence. May you be blessed by the supreme love and truth of the cosmos. This sounds like something huh. you might hear off of a sci-fi film or like some crazy mecha sci-fi anime. Or what something. year was this? This was nineteen. 19- 77. Man, if they were worried about us in 1977, they should see yep. us now. Two uh, things. Is anyone else disappointed that it wasn't Marvin the Martian's voice? Because that would have been I'm great. A okay. I'm, two, I'm a they, little bummed about it. They sound like the Reach from the Blue Beetle comic who were like, they came to Earth and they were going to give us all this sweet technology, and then they were villains. Totes. Totally sounds like that. Yeah. Well, see, it's either that they wanted to help us and they were like, well... Y'all are the worst, actually. I think we're done. Don't need you part of the galactic government or whatever. Or, yeah, they were like, you should totally get rid of all of your weapons because you won't need them (laughs) for when we attack. What? (laughs) Moving on. This also reminded me of all the movie titles for Rebuild of Evangelion. Yeah. Like, you are not alone. Yeah. You can not advance. You can not redo like it's just that kind of vibe Mm -hmm. um i was trying to imitate the voice that it sounded like um interestingly the voice did have a british accent (laughs) sick um obviously the brits are the dominant i mean it took place in britain (laughs) the british empire reaches the farthest stars um this incident um is commonly it is unsolved Strictly unsolved. No one knows who did it or why. Um, it is thought that um, the antenna this like television station used was like relaying off another antenna and some technical shit. The gist is they worked out it could be pretty easy to break into this antenna, um, even if you just like had a small broadcast, like say in a truck or something, and you drove up near the antenna, you could possibly interrupt a broadcast. And so it's thought oh, okay. that's how someone did it. Um, but it's not known. It's not clear where this came from. 
Huh. I bring it up because um, the the speaker's name is Vrillin, very similar to Vril. It came from space. It came from space. We're talking about aliens. Um, I, I, I don't know why there's any other uh, ideas on that. It's just it's from space. He can't lie about that if he goes on TV. It's true. <laughs> yeah. And you found this on the internet, right? Yeah. It's obviously true then. Mm-hmm. Also a bastion of truth. Yep. Yeah. Um, and this, like, imagine yourself, like, you're just sitting around watching Looney Tunes. And, like, this happens. Like, that's remarkably eerie. That is. Can you imagine how many very confused British children there were? Yeah. Daddy, I just want to watch the Looney Tunes. Daddy, it's it's Vrillin. <laughs> Who's Vrillin? Ashtar Galactic Command. Daddy, Ashtar. I thought it was I thought it was Marvin the Martian. <laughs> Ashtar Galactic Commands on the telly. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Yeah, you didn't. It was an excellent. Uh, it was an excellent interpretation of it too. Yeah, it was, it was well done. Thank you. I practiced. Did you really? Yeah. Nice. Um, it also mentions the coming of the age of Aquarius. Um, this is also a theme that um, uh, the Vril Society was also like trying to do. Um, I'm not real sure what the coming of the age of Aquarius is all about, but it's kind of like the next step in our evolution, the next sort of phase of our existence. We're going to grow wings. We're gonna. We're gonna turn to light creatures. Or toads gonna grow wings. Uh, yeah. We're gonna be and aqua people. So that's another link between these two events. Um, otherwise, these are in- entirely separate events. Um, yep. that I did find. I, I found know, these Rillin, while researching. Rillin's yeah. pretty. Yeah. yeah. Pretty weird. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it is real specific. Um. So that's. I think it's cool. That is, is a really, really cool. sweet theory. It is a great topic. This is I really probably read my this favorite so far. And yeah, I want to read this book too. Um, yeah, check it out if you want. I I don't know how good it'll really be, but it could be good. <laughs> really cool. It could be good. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we could just buy a this one a three-star copy Amazon review. We'll might, might not be terrible. I didn't yeah. have a lot of time to actually read the book. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Um. So to sum up, um, I want to go back to talk about um, like the early 1800s and the discovery of electricity and um, you know like really believing in an all permeating fluid like Vril wasn't all that ridiculous at the time. Um, like I said before, they had just discovered electricity and they weren't sure what else there might be. And there was more than they thought. We have since then, you know, discovered X-rays, radio waves, all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff, um, invisible energies that we cannot see that do exist. And um, who's to say there's not more invisible energies that we've yet been able to detect? Oh yeah, no, I think like I think it's arrogant to assume that we know everything. everything. Yeah, that's like, just absurd. And this is, you know, a, this is a prime example of that. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, the amount of stuff that we've discovered in the f- last 500 years, like, you know. I mean, even just the past, like, absurd. 100 years, you can look yeah. at, like, like technological advancement and advancement of knowledge on a graph, and, it, and it, it's remarkably peaking just in the last 100 years. Oh, like, yeah. The even, the past, of, even the past, like, 20 years. And, and this is, we're referring to a concept called the technological singularity. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, um, like, we just keep discovering things, like, faster and faster mm-hmm. and faster right. and faster. And so, yeah. like, when you have a hammer, now you can make everything that you need a hammer to make. And when you have a big machine, now you can make even more stuff using that big machine. And using that more stuff, you can make even more stuff. And so it's technological advancements are exponential. 
Um, mm -hmm. And the theory, and this is kind of a sidetrack, but uh, singularity theory goes into, like, at some point, it will go past ourselves. Um, it will, we won't be able to stop it anymore. And that's basically, like, artificial intelligence taking over. And yeah, when, when we're no longer... When, when, when we no longer have, like, control over the helm mm -hmm. of what we discover and what we make. Right. And, um, yeah, so it's interesting to think about. Um, I like to defer uh, to this quote from Michael Faraday um, when it comes to thinking of, like, yet unknown energies, things we haven't discovered yet. Michael Faraday, if you're not familiar, um, was a real pioneer in, um, you know, the science of electricity. He uh, discovered the basic like workings of electric motors. Um, and really, uh, like he wasn't a formally educated man, um, but he like, he pushed the science of electricity really forward. And so to him, he really was working with this strange unknown energy that really did exist. And he was you know, discovering new things about it every day. What was his name? Michael Faraday. Does he have anything to do with like the Faraday cage? Yes. Cool. All right. Named after him. Um, I, I kind of figured that might might be some. There's all he's very famous if you look him up. Um, uh, there's a some unit is named the Farad after him. I can't remember which unit in some aspect of something somewhere. <laughs> some <laughs> in science, something they needed to somewhere. count is called the Farad. Um, anyway, the quote is this: "Nothing is too wonderful to be true, if it be consistent with the laws of nature, and in such things as these." Experiment is the best test of such consistency. And the idea here is that, of course, there are many things unknown, um, and our imaginations are useful in helping us imagine these unknown things, but it is always actually testing them and actually interrogating the real world um, that brings us forward. And this is, you know, the departure from real mysticism. Real mysticism. And a lot of uh, theories today just say, like, you just think about it enough and that's enough. But oh, this is um, like manifesting or something? Kind of. Um, and the idea is that you just don't have to test it at all. Huh, that you okay. just, like, because people think of stuff and they're like, I'm right. I don't have to fucking test that. Um, <laughs> what Faraday is saying, you do have to fucking test it because what you think has no impact on reality whatsoever. Yeah. Yep. No, I and think this I is agree the with him on that. of modern science also. You have to test shit. You have to... Use experiment. I think it's good. Like, yeah. it's, it pays to, to know how stuff happens. Yeah. Well, this is a great topic. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm glad you guys liked it. I, um, you know, I wasn't sure what I was going to research for this episode, and I came upon this, and it sounded kind of interesting, and, um, I mean, it tied in with three of my episodes. This yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was pretty good. I fully support this. <laughs> so I'm glad you guys liked it. I, uh, I've really liked it. Really oh, liked it. Oh, oh, yeah. There it is. I feel like you guys just sit here and you just think of puns. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, if we could just open up your brain, it would just be pun cranks <laughs> turning. I mean, there'd be pendulums going back and forth. Oh. Oh, if my girlfriend were here, we would hear puns nonstop. So many puns. But yep. yeah, this is, this is cool. I definitely also never heard of this. Even though, like, it did not show up in any of my research mm -hmm. relating to the other three things that it's apparently connected to. Yeah, it's interesting. I'd never heard of it either. Yeah. How'd yep. you find this? I was researching just, like, 
topics and um you know i kind of wanted to do something sciencey and and weird and um i i heard a little bit about like occult energies and i thought that was cool and i kind of was a little bit familiar with the idea of like ether um some all permeating energy that you could tap into right. um and i wanted i was thinking about talking a little bit about perpetual motion devices um which are are fictional because um, tesla yeah. was into looking into that stuff. yeah yeah Tesla was into that, and that was piqued my interest also because Tesla was interested in it. Basically, Tesla like, occult energies um, and like perpetual machine. motion devices, which I didn't actually get to because they're not really interesting. They just don't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Although, like the, the one that supposedly worked was Tesla's like earthquake generator, where you like attached it to the bridge and it would reach the vibrations uh, yeah. of it. Yeah. Though that like. Um, it was never actually tested, was yeah, it? Yeah, no, no. Yeah. It didn't actually like work to, as far as everyone you knows. You have to test. They did that on Mythbusters. Yeah. Yeah, it did, like it did it was like measurable, but it didn't really do anything. Yeah. <laughs> the idea being um that there's a a vibration, a certain frequency within all matter that if you can tune into that vibration, even a very small amount of energy will just cause that um thing to collapse. Um and so Tesla like had his mind all over the place, um, yep. which is how you got to be when you're discovering new shit. Your mind's yeah. got to be in non-real places because um, if your mind just stays in the real places, then you don't discover new things. Yep. And the real place is where all the sad stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> The real, real place is full of the number three and like <laughs> dirty stuff and hair. All things Tesla hated. Tesla was very OCD. It was really weird that he hated dirty stuff, but he loved pigeons, which is like, <laughs> yeah. son, do you know how dirty yeah. that pigeon is? <laughs> Have you ever read, uh, there's a, a comic called The Five Fists of Science. It's, uh, it's a graphic novel and it's about, um, it's like a fictional account of Tesla and Mark Twain, who were actually friends and buds who hung oh, that's out. Great. There's a famous picture wow. of Mark Twain holding his hands, and there's some electricity in between, um, and that's in Tesla's laboratory. Um, anyway, in the Five Fists of Science, Tesla pilots a giant robot to fight um, Thomas Edison, who is <laughs> <laughs> who is oh, doing some occult like cool. nonsense. And that is amazing. Sweet. Yeah, it's pretty dope. It's called the Five Fists of Science. Oh man, Mark Twain's there too. Check that out. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> Anyway, All good right. game, guys. Good game. Yeah. GG. GG. I don't know how to do the cleanup saying stuff. Uh, Someone else thanks, do that. guys, for listening. <laughs> um, you could find us on anywhere you could find podcasts like Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you know you find your find your fix. That's where you can find us. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, that's another one. SoundCloud is my favorite. SoundCloud is the um, primary. You can find us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, at MWRCast. Check out our tweets. We tweet an alternative fact every day. Every day. Yeah, so check those out. Uh, yeah, they're great. You can email us at MolderWasRightCast at gmail.com if you want with, you know, with whatever you want. You can send us fan email. You can just have conversations with or, us. Or hate mail, you with know. Hate mail, I guess. Your hate you really only hate makes us. me stronger. <laughs> Um, it only you can also fuels Anderson's strength to fight the sun. You can also find us on our website, moldawasright.wordpress.com, um, which is where all of our sources um, in this episode are. So you can check that out there. Um, if you like music, check out Christian Tonino on SoundCloud. Um, and I believe that's it. We will uh, see you next week, guys. Wake, Wake up, sheeple. What in the hell happened?